Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I am Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week of the podcast. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. I'm on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore for news about me and the show and pictures and tweets and all kinds of great stuff on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, also on Twitter at Monica Crowley and on Truth Social at Monica Crowley. I've just started to uh, post more regularly on Truth Social, so please check me out there as well. Also, you can send emails to me about this show. Tell me what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. I read all of your emails. They're coming in fast and furious, and at the end of the show, of course, we will dip into the email bag. If you've noticed, we are still playing the old music, but we have a new ditty. We got a new show tune coming up. We are going to debut it on Wednesday, so tune in on Wednesday's podcast, and you'll be able to let me know what you think of the new song uh, for the show. And you certainly were not shy about your opinions about the old song. So I look forward to hearing your opinions about the new one. All right. Today, I want to deal with the ruling class. I have a lot to say about America's ruling class. And by the way, it's not just America's ruling class. It is now a globalist ruling class. We have our own morons here. 
but they are all integrated into a certainly a Western ruling class, but a globalist ruling class. They're all integrated. They all think alike, and they are all taking full advantage of us. We are going to talk about the ruling class because we had a couple of big examples over the weekend of how the ruling class are our betters, our overlords, how they are so incredibly corrupt. We're going to get into that. Also, I want to talk about turning the tables on the left with their community organizing. That's how Barack Obama came up. Remember, he came up as a community organizer. The left has been mastering this for decades. And I believe it started with Saul Alinsky, who came up with the whole community organizing concept. And the concept was you win political victories and you change the country by starting block by block, precinct by precinct. If you want to change the country, you change your block. That's been their organizing principle on the left for decades, and they've had huge success with it. This is why you've got cities in collapse with crime and defunding the police and cashless bail and Marxist running big cities like New York. George Soros and the left put a ton of money into the whole community organizing philosophy. And by doing that over many decades, they have installed mayors and district attorneys, and city councils, and school boards, all communists, all communists, who seek the overthrow of the existing order, the overthrow of America, and they're doing it from within. So in order to do all of that, in order to accomplish that, they need the chaos. And in order to stoke the chaos, they need community organizers doing it on the hyper-local level, block by block. And our side hasn't done anything to counter this at all until now. Until now. It's largely been led by one man. His name is Scott Pressler. He is amazing. You won't believe what he's doing. It is incredible. He's like a one-man Democrat smashing machine. Scott Pressler is going to be here a little later today in the show. He is incredible. Do not miss a second of it. And like I said, we're going to dip into the email bag. Also, I want to call your attention today. I've got a brand new column along with Andrew Stein in the New York Post. I've posted it on my Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore. I've also posted it on my Twitter. I will post it on Truth Social at Monica Crowley as well. It is about how... Black voters, Latino voters, women voters, and younger voters are all abandoning the Democratic Party in droves, but there is one group that's holding on to the Dems, and it makes no sense. It's Jewish voters. Jewish voters should join the other core Democratic voters in leaving the party. Andrew and I make a full-on case as to why Jewish voters should join their formerly Democratic brethren and abandon the Democrats and join the Republican Party. It is an incredibly important piece, if I do say so myself. So please go to the New York Post, nypost.com, check it out. Also on my Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram, the column is there. 
All right, first up, the Monica Memo. Let's discuss the ruling class, shall we? There are a couple of examples that popped up this weekend that I really, really want to drill down on because they are like the perfect encapsulation of the corruption, the communism, the disgusting, revolting, vicious, brutal nature of the ruling class that lords over us in every way, whether it's the culture, entertainment, the news media, big tech, big corporate America, big pharma, big government. These are the folks of the ruling class. They themselves are protected from the consequences of their communist beliefs. We're the ones that have to suffer the consequences of those beliefs, and they do not care one iota. They do not care one bit about us. This is about re-engineering the country. It's about re-engineering the West, and it is about re-engineering the world, the Great Reset. So the ruling class that's driving the bus on all of this, let's get into three big examples of what they have done, shall we? The first uh, example of this, and this is why I want to start with this, because it frames the whole conversation about the ruling class. So this weekend, the New York Times reported on the death of a former domestic terrorist, a member of the Weather Underground that was big in the 60s and the 70s. They were bombing police precincts. They were killing police officers. Bill Ayers was a leader of the Weather Underground and his wife or girlfriend, Bernadine Dorn, the two domestic terrorists in whose living room Barack Obama launched his political career in Chicago. Remember that? Bill Ayers, the unrepentant domestic terrorist who said, yeah, you needed violence to change the country and make it communist. He's still walking around. He's a professor somewhere, University of Chicago or someplace. Again, the communists have infiltrated everywhere. So one of these members of the Weather Underground died over the weekend. Her name is Kathy Bodin. She was 78, okay? So the New York Times reports on her death, and here is the first tweet, and Chuck Ross of the Daily Caller did this great side-by-side on Twitter. Here's the first tweet that the New York Times put up. Kathy Bodin, comma, who as a member of the Weather Underground took part in the murderous 1981 holdup of a Brinks armored truck, died on Sunday. She was 78. And then they attached the obituary of Kathy Bowden. So within record time, however, the New York Times quickly deletes that tweet because it was too accurate about her violent communist past and they put up this tweet instead. Kathy Bowden, comma, a member of the Weather Underground, imprisoned for her role in a fatal robbery, but who later helped former inmates, died at 78. Do you see what the New York Times, the ruling class, big media, corporate media does here? They whitewash murder. They whitewash domestic terror. They whitewash the left. They whitewash communism. This is what communists do. 
This is why, you know, the last week when we've been talking about the Biden administration's disinformation governance board, the Ministry of Truth, and so on, the real Ministry of Lies, this is all communism. And some people have said to me, well, you know, using the word communism... Well, there's no other apt description. Back in, in, you know, a decade ago, I was talking about Obama as a socialist and everybody freaked out. Oh, how dare you use the word socialism? Socialism is now too soft a descriptor for what we're talking about here. This is communism. This woman who just died from the weather underground, they were all communists. They were Marxist revolutionaries, which is why they were killing their fellow Americans, Why, which is why they were trying to tear down the law enforcement and military order in this country. They were trying to destroy the country through violence. Now they're trying to destroy it in other ways. But this is what the New York Times is communist rag did. They whitewashed murder. They whitewashed these communists and their domestic terror. You think it's a small thing? It's not. This is what they do. They whitewashed the past so that they can continue their grand project to make this country into a communist regime. And we're well on our way. So that's the first example of ruling class um, manipulation over the weekend. Here's the, the second one, and this is a big one because it involves my friend Tucker Carlson. So the New York, oh, and it also involves the New York Times. New York Times assigned nine reporters, nine. You would never know anything else was going on in the country or the world. I don't think they assigned nine reporters to the southern border. Speaking of which, Mrs. Pelosi on your tax dollars, took a CODEL, a congressional delegation that included Adam Schiff, the biggest liar, uh, maybe of them all, um, to Kiev, to Ukraine. And she avowed, she professed American support for the sanctity of Ukraine, the sovereignty of Ukraine, the sovereignty of Ukraine's border while she was there meeting with Zelensky and the rest. She has not gone to the southern border once. My hard-earned tax dollars, I would not mind paying for her to go to the southern border to see what's up. I wouldn't mind paying for that. But do I mind paying to ship her and and, uh, her pack of liars to Kiev, Ukraine to profess support for their border and their national sovereignty? You bet. You bet that pisses me off. Getting back to the New York Times, they, they put nine reporters on a story about Tucker Carlson to try to dig up dirt and his past and his family and the whole thing. They sent nine reporters to watch over a thousand episodes of his show, and they start to splash it on the front page yesterday. It's a three-part series, okay? Here's what they tweet. New York Times, Tucker Carlson, the host of the most watched show on primetime cable news, uses a simple narrative to instill fear in his viewers. To understand how he promotes his extremist ideas and conspiracy theories, we analyzed 1,150 episodes. Here's what we found. Okay, so you see 
this tweet from the New York Times talking about Tucker Carlson and his, quote, extremist ideas and conspiracy theories, that tweet's still up. But the accurate tweet about the weather underground murderous, that had to be taken down and softened. Oh, she helped her former inmates. But Tucker is the enemy, according to the New York Times. He's the enemy. He's the virus. Do you see what they do? This is what communists do. They, they flip it and invert everything and they project onto you what they themselves are guilty of. This New York Times piece about Tucker um, is a perfect example of how corporate media has been so corrupted that it has now made itself into a laughingstock and irrelevant. Why? Because the New York Times only writes for the New York Times. In other words, the New York Times is only writing for itself, for its fellow leftists. That's it. They are their own echo chamber, and they pat each other on the back, and they laugh at all of us like they did at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which we're going to talk about in the next segment but they have created their own echo chamber and they only write and report for each other. And then you have this dynamic where leftists accuse everyone opposing leftism, communism, of being racist. So if you stand up like Tucker Carlson or me or any of us, stand up and say, wait a minute, we actually oppose communism, we think it's evil, and we're going to fight it with every fiber of our being, we're accused of being racists. That's their easy go-to smear. But the leftists, they're all, they're all just talking to each other. And this piece, the leftists already believe what the New York Times, quote, reported here about Tucker. Our side just mocks it, and mockery is the key. Saul Alinsky, you want to mirror him? Just mock the left. Tucker held up the Sunday New York Times yesterday with his face on the front page with a laughing picture. And that's the way it's done. You just mock the left. And who cares? Because they're only talking to each other. But this also shows the huge distance, the huge separation, the huge gulf between the propaganda press and the rest of us. The New York Times said, quote, We are at a moment when white backlash is the jet fuel of the GOP. Well, a brand new poll that's actually NPR and PBS, so not exactly a conservative poll, just showed last week that 52% of Latinos, 41% of non-whites, and 20% of blacks will vote Republican this year. Huh? Wow. Again, the most underreported story. This gets to my column today in the New York Post about Jewish voters as the one block hanging on tightly to the Democrats. Democrats are losing their core constituencies in droves. They are hemorrhaging this support and they know it, which is why they're freaking out and why they're trying to smear people like Tucker while, you know, defending whether underground domestic terrorists that killed a bunch of Americans. The elite corporate media in this country is 
there's zero self-awareness, or maybe they do know and they just don't care and they're just pushing out propaganda like crazy, which is probably the case. But they're always out there like Biden and Pelosi and the rest of the left, constantly purporting to speak for the marginalized groups in America, the little guy, blacks, Latinos, women, younger voters, LGBTs, They're saying, we're out here, we're championing you guys. When what they're doing is the exact opposite and the media knows it and they're running cover for it because what they claim these people in these marginalized groups think is often the exact opposite of what they really think. And that strikes me as racist. Of course, they are everything that they accuse us of, including raging racists. Those two things over the weekend, and we're going to hit a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which I used to attend. I've got a couple of things I want to say about that, because the ruling class went wild over the weekend. These are just two examples. I'll give you a third when we come back, but... Think about this. They are so consumed with their great reset and they are so consumed with hatred for all of us normals that they cannot stop themselves from actually hurting themselves. By that I mean when the Washington Post about a week ago slimed the Twitter account Libs of TikTok, it moved that account well over a million followers. So it strengthened libs of TikTok. They were trying to destroy that account. It actually strengthened the account's hand. More people follow that than ever. The same thing is going on with the New York Times. They think that with this attempted smear of Tucker, that it's somehow going to destroy him or uh, damage his credibility. The exact opposite happens. It strengthens his hand. More people are going to watch Tucker tonight probably than in the history of the show. They cannot help themselves. They can't stop themselves. They're constantly fighting against us because it's, it's what they have and it's what they do. But it has the whiplash, the backlash effect. And then they get more infuriated because more people will watch Tucker and follow libs of TikTok and and listen to this podcast. They cannot stand it, but they can't stop themselves. They're sick in the head. They're all mentally ill. All right, I'm Monica Crowley. More coming straight up. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. 
Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, I want to give you another example of ruling class corruption. Over the weekend, we saw the White House Correspondents' Dinner took place in Washington at the Hilton, like it does every year, except I think the last two years they didn't do it because of COVID. I did not go this year, but I've been to many in the past, plus the pre-parties and the after-parties. And, you know, when I started going... To, to this dinner and all the surrounding parties. It was glamorous and it was fun. I'm not going to lie. And I am always down for a good time, especially when you're all dressed to the nines, right? Everybody is dressed in black tie. The champagne is flowing. Everybody is excited and happy. The president of the United States comes and speaks. I'm telling you, it was always like a glamorous, fun night, I was there when George W. Bush was president. I was there when Obama was president. It was a lot more fun with Republican presidents. And then, of course, President Trump refused to attend any of the four years that he was in office. And I cannot blame him because they spent all of the time viciously attacking him. Do you remember when Obama did that, when he viciously attacked Donald Trump at that dinner, when Trump was in the room? He was a guest of some news organization. I think it was like in the year 2014, something like that. And they said that that moment is when Trump decided to run for president to show all those ruling class a-holes who was boss. And then he did it. They all laughed at him. They all mocked him. And he did it. And he pulled it off. And he showed the ruling class what's up. But once he became president, why would he sit there in a room of 2,000 people who hated his guts? No, he made the right decision to stay away. And then the criticism started percolating up um, that the press, which is supposed to cover uh, whatever administration is in there, should not be so cozy with the administration that it should be covering. And people started to take that criticism a little seriously, like, oh, should we still be doing this dinner? But now it's all just a sick joke because they're all in bed with each other, sometimes literally, okay? It's all just pathetic. They're all kissing each other's asses and they're laughing at each other's jokes and they're laughing at you, literally laughing at you. Here is the MC of the night, The Daily Show's Trevor Noah, making fun of inflation and listen to everybody just laughing it up. Roll it. 
Ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. No, it really has been a tough first year for you, Mr. President. Oh, and there's Biden there laughing at the end. Oh, ho, ho. Americans pain and suffering at the gas station and at the grocery store and everywhere else is hilarious. The room busts a gut. And Biden is busting a gut. Your economic pain is a source of amusement for them. They laugh at you because they hate you. That's the truth. The ruling class has nothing but contempt for you as they ruin your lives and impoverish you and destroy the country that you love. They don't give a flying wit about you, okay? They don't. And this is why all of this, the the three pieces of the ruling class that I gave to you, the weather underground whitewash, the New York Times attempted smear of Tucker, and then the White House Correspondents' Dinner, this is all of a piece. The ruling class hates your guts. And when I say ruling class, I actually mean they rule over you. The reason all of this is so dangerous is because it shows that we are no longer in a representative republic, a representative democracy, but we are supposed to be a republic. We are now lorded over by the the ruling class and the oligarchs in big tech, big pharma, big corporate media, big culture, big education. We are ruled by them. We are not represented by anybody anymore. Yes, of course, there are exceptions. Ron DeSantis, Trump was an excellent president, and he's probably coming back. Ted Cruz, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, there are so many others out there. Lauren Boebert, they represent us and what we believe, but there are fewer of them than the ruling class that controls everything else. That's why We're talking about the ruling class because we need our own peaceful revolt at the ballot box to restore what this country was built on, individual liberty and economic freedom. We have neither of those things right now. When we come back, we're going to talk to the great Scott Pressler, who is doing the -the on-the-ground field work, all of the heavy lifting, day-to-day, to make sure that that happens in November and in 24 and beyond. He is incredible. You're not going to want to miss a second. Sit tight. Well, I am so happy to welcome one of the great unsung heroes of the Republic, but we are going to sing his praises on the podcast today. Scott Pressler is a major thought leader and an even more major action leader for America, for the America First movement, for conservatism, for the American people. Scott helped to defeat Hillary Clinton, and he also organized the big cleanup of Baltimore. You know how the left has community organizers like Barack Obama 
and Antifa? Well, Scott Pressler is leading our side's lawful efforts to community organize, and he's doing an absolutely incredible job. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Pressler, where he is known as the Persistence, and he's got well over a million followers, and I am a huge fan of his, which is why I wanted to have him on the show today. Scott, welcome. Thank you, Monica. I never thought that my life would be traveling the country, registering voters and picking up trash, but here I am. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I, you know what? It is my great pleasure to have you, and I am one of your million-plus followers on Twitter because you are doing the hard day-to-day work that, you know, the the elites on both sides of the aisle always talk about, and certainly our side talks about, but never really does. You actually put your money where your mouth is, and that's why I wanted to have you on. You are amazing, and I want to make sure that you get the recognition that you deserve. So thank thank you, you, of course, and thank you for what you do. So let's get into what you do. Let's start with the brilliant idea you had of registering voters as Republicans at gas stations. It's so ingenious. And when you think about it, it's so obvious, but nobody did it before you came up with the idea. So how did you come up with it? And how did you decide to execute it? Well, it kind of started off as a joke. You know, everybody was posting on social media, we need to register voters at gas stations. And of course, you know, I'm considered like the quote unquote king of voter registration. So everybody was tagging me every five seconds about the voter registration. And I thought to myself, very much like the Baltimore cleanup, I was like, who's going to do it? No one else is going to take action, so you will. And I posted on March 8th. I was in New York at the time on Long Island, one of my favorite places. And I said, two weeks from now, we're going to do a weekend of gas station voter registration from Staten Island to Queens to Nassau to Suffolk. And I spent the next two weeks organizing, recruiting volunteers, and it wasn't difficult at all. People were so excited about getting involved. And now I really want to make this clear, though. The area that we were in on Long Island was Manhasset, Great Neck. This is a traditionally blue area, and Nassau County voted for President Joe Biden in the 2020 election. But we received such tremendous support when we began two weeks later for our gas station voter registration. We even had one family. They pull up to the gas station, to the pump. They're sitting in their car, and they said, we want you to register all of us from Democrat to Republican. And Mm. we got the whole family to change their party affiliation because they're struggling the American people understand that we want energy independence. We want to drill baby drill. And we shouldn't have to rely on Saudi Arabia or Venezuela or Russia. No, we have bountiful, plentiful natural resources that we should take advantage of. And that's why people are turning to the Republican Party, because they understand it's going to be more high prices under Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, and it's going to be lower prices in the America First ideology under the Republican Party. After we had such huge success in New York, I was like, let's take this nationwide. And so we did. (laughs) 
And we've done it from Pennsylvania to Florida to California. And we're not stopping for a gosh dang second. Well, we're talking to Scott Pressler, who is absolutely amazing, as you can hear, because he's actually doing the heavy lifting on the ground every day, which our side, you know, gives great lip service to, but never actually does. And the Democrats for decades have been so good at this, at mobilizing their armies on the ground to register voters, to rig elections and the rest. And our side is just, you know, we're out here raising our families and going to school and working hard and paying our taxes. And our side just has never gotten it together to community organize for our causes, which happen to be the causes of freedom. So Scott is out there taking the lead. So uh, first of all, before, and I've got so many questions about this for you, Scott, but I noticed that the RNC announced that they were going to do this. They were going to start registering Republican voters at gas stations. First of all, did they rip off your idea? And secondly, are they actually doing it? Well, as a classy individual who doesn't attack his fellow Republican unless it's Mitt Romney or Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney. <laughs> right, right on. <laughs> because they, they deserve it. <laughs> um, I will say that on March 8th, you can clearly see that I was the first person to talk about gas station voter registration. So I will leave it at that. But you know what? If my action... Is, in, is able to inspire others who haven't in the past always taken action to finally do so, then I will take that as a resounding victory. And that's all I have to say on that. Well, you are a total class act, which is another reason why you are my friend. But the RNC should give credit where credit is due. And that's what I am doing by putting you on this podcast and saluting you. So I did notice that there there were some people on Twitter who came back to you, Scott, and said, you know, this is a fantastic idea. Thank you so much for doing this. But why are you expending all of this energy in blue states like California and New York? Shouldn't you be focused on swing? states like Pennsylvania, for example, North Carolina, Georgia, shouldn't you be just pouring all of your attention into those states and switching voters there? Well, I have a couple things to say about that. Number one, anyone who knows me knows that I have strategy and I'm very methodical in that I'm here to win. This is about 2022 having a decisive victory that we take the House, we take the Senate, And I'm very focused on the governorships of Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Maine. That is clear from the last two years of the work that I've done that those are my foci going into 2022. However, think about the areas that have been affected most by Joe Biden and the regressive policies of the Democratic Party, New York, Illinois, California. And the only one criticism I have of Republicans is, look, if I am of an America first ideology, that means that I put my American brothers and sisters first, right? Even those that disagree with me, even dare I say the commies, but they are still my brothers and sisters. And that means that I can't leave them behind. I can't just say, oh, California votes for these terrible policies and therefore I shouldn't care about them. No, I'm going to Wisconsin today. And following that, I'm going to Illinois. And I've been doing a lot of work in New York, Monica, and I want to make it clear, we are focused strategically, not only because I do believe that Hochul 
the unelected governor of the state of New York, is vulnerable in that election, but we're focusing strategically on congressional districts that we can flip from blue to red in order to take the gavel away from Nancy Pelosi. And the last thing I want to say is if there was ever a year with an unpopular president with 31 Democrats retiring, not running for re-election, with Republicans outraising Democrats, and with an enthused voter base, especially now made up of working-class America and angry moms and dads across the country, I think there is no better year than we can bring the peaceful fight to the Democrats, especially in states like Oregon, Washington, Connecticut, Rhode Island, California, Illinois, New York. I say we bring the peaceful fight to them everywhere. Yes, and amen to that. And and I wanted to toss out that question to you because I saw a lot of people piling on like, Scott, this is great, but we got to focus our attention on the swing areas and but you're doing you're doing it exactly right. You know, Lee Zeldin, who's running for the Republican yes. nomination in New York, is a very good friend of mine. He was my first guest on this podcast. And you're exactly right. There is an opening for Republicans like Lee in a deep blue state like New York to win. And it's going to require the kind of on the ground work that you are doing, Scott Pressler, every day, including in the blue states. And you're right. We should not write off any Americans because, you know, there's something that's always fascinated and frustrated me. And your work out in the field like this um, puts a spotlight on it and gives me hope. And I'll tell you why. For a long time, I believe that a lot of Americans who vote blue, who vote Democrat, who are on the left, never, never put together the their vote and then the consequences of their vote. They just vote straight party line. They vote blue. Yeah. They don't think about it. And then when the high inflation and high taxes and high crime, when all of that stuff descends on their lives in a very direct way, they don't necessarily put together, well, my vote then directly led to these consequences. But what yeah. you're saying, Scott, and I think that's really important, is when you're out there at the gas stations and people see it's costing them a hundred plus dollars to fill their tank and they're horrified by that you are there to make that connection for them but you're also saying that they are now making that connection themselves which is really really encouraging well and this isn't new you know when we did the cleanups across the country in our efforts to show the dereliction of duty by the Democratic Party in Los Angeles, in Miami, in Houston, in Baltimore, in Detroit, that we not only did cleanups, but we also coupled that with voter registration efforts. And you're right, we have to really paint the picture and tell the story and show the regressive policies of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party that are anti-energy independence have had a direct impact on the rising gas prices across the country and his canceling the Keystone Pipeline on day number one. And so, yes, we come in there. We were like a puzzle. We put the pieces together. And it's really, it's been eye-opening for voters. And that's why we're seeing so many Democrats flip 
to Republican. We're talking to the great Scott Pressler. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Pressler. That's one S L E R in his last name. He is, he is such a hero for our side and, and really putting his money where his mouth is. Scott, a good friend of mine had a related idea for you, which is registering okay. new Republicans at grocery stores because food prices and grocery prices are sky high too. What do you think? Oh, no, I love it. It's outrageous. I'm a big fan of soup. I love soup (laughs) because I can take it with me. It's non-perishable. It's easy. I can just heat it up. It's ready to go. But soup, which used to be under $2, one can is like upwards of $4 now. This is making a big impact to families. And especially if they have a lot of kids who, when I was growing up, I mean, I was eating my mom and dad out of house and home with how much that I ate. I can only imagine how much that people are now having to choose between feeding their kids and gas at the pump. And this is making a real impact on families in a dangerous way. And so, no. I strongly encourage people. I'm only one guy, and right. I know that one person is very powerful and impactful, but I strongly encourage any of you, please register voters outside of Wawa, outside of Circle K, outside of your grocery store, outside of your gas station. And if you're thinking to yourself, Scott, do you need permission to register voters at a gas station? All you need is public sidewalk. Public sidewalk is public property and you have every right to be there. And that's the standard for all voter registration. Go outside your Home Depot. I always joke, look, at Home Depot, you can find a contractor, you can find a builder, a construction worker, a homeowner, or single ladies. You can find a husband at Home Depot. (laughs) That is a two for one combo. (laughs) You hear that, ladies? Let's get on it. (laughs) Let's get on. That's right. It's a win-win. The opportunities to register new voters are limitless. But if I may, I really want to make something clear, though, because it's not good enough to be anti-Joe Biden. It's not good enough to be anti-democratic. What do I mean when I say that we're fighting for Republican values? Here are what I believe are the six planks of the future of our Republican Party. Number one, become beginning with election integrity. We must have safe and secure, fair and free elections because our constitutional republic is dead without it. Mm-hmm. Number two, medical freedom. No American citizen on day one of us taking the House and Senate in 2023, we need to pass medical freedom and patient protection legislation. No American citizen should be fired, should be forced into retirement, should be forced to lose their pension, should be forced to choose another profession, because they made the personal medical decision not to take the COVID-19 vaccination, which goes into parental choice and education, which I believe is the peaceful and proverbial hill that we as the Republican Party must die on because I am adamant that third grade children and younger should not be learning about sex in school. And I say, God bless Governor Ron DeSantis for his parental bill of rights. And I think that we need that in all 50 states across the country, Mm -hmm. which leads into securing that gosh darn border. If you Mm -hmm. care about sex trafficking, If you care about illegal immigration, if you care about fentanyl, Chinese-made fentanyl coming through our southern border, killing our people, we must have a wall and we must secure that gosh darn border, which leads into energy independence. Again, drill, baby, drill. Hire American 
buy American and drill American. There's no reason why we should purchase Russian or Saudi Arabian oil, which is like running away from Michael Myers <laughs> into the loving arms of Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes no sense whatsoever. And last, we must have an internet bill of rights. Yes, my future husband, Elon Musk, he doesn't know it yet. I oh, do he's say my, God excuse Lord. me, Scott. He is my future husband, oh, <laughs> Elon Musk. You better, you better back off, back <laughs> off, Monica. <laughs> we're going to have to do a throwdown, Scott. Peacefully, yes. <laughs> we will do, we'll, we'll do one of those uh, celebrity boxing matches for like people. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. But, but even though we haven't solved the problem that private social media companies, it should be illegal and unconstitutional for them to work with the White House in order to silence and censor political opposition. And if you listening at home to the Monica Crawley podcast right now agree with those six planks, then I ask you, register to vote as a Republican. I ask you to join your local Republican Party. I ask you to reshape it by becoming a precinct chair, becoming a state committee man or committee woman. But you must be the change you want to see. Otherwise, our party is going to be stuck with the Adam Kinzingers and Mitt Romneys and Liz Cheney. So we don't want them. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And that was a brilliant layout that what you just described, and I've seen it on your social media, Scott, is the new contract with America. Those six yes. action items, which uh, are critical to we're, we're in an existential fight for the country now. So it's critical to the very existence of America as we have always known it and as the beacon of freedom in the world. And your point about getting locally involved is 100% true. You know, I, and I've been guilty of this, focused on the international level and the national level, and all of that is important. But the left has been focused on the local level for decades. George Soros with mayors and DAs and city councils and school boards. So please listen to Scott. Register voters in your community. Get involved. Run for the local school board. Even if you don't have children, don't you care about the future of America? Run for your local city council. Get involved at the local level in order to push back. Scott, where can, before I let you go, where can people find your itinerary, you know, where you're going to be so people can show up and say hi and help you out? Thank you. So I am on everything. Getter, Telegram, True Social, Facebook, Instagram, Gab Parlor, everything is at Scott Pressler, S-C-O-T-T-P-R-E-S-1-S-L-E-R. And I will be posting my updated schedule on there so you can come join us, learn about how to get involved, register voters at gas stations, and more importantly, this November, having a decisive, overwhelming, conservative America first victory. Yes, and it has to be a tidal wave. It has to be a wipeout of the Democratic Party. So the message is loud and clear. And the only way we're going to get there is through this kind of local work. Scott, your work is such a critical part of all of this. All politics is local, as Tip O'Neill said, and you are the embodiment of that. So Scott Pressler, and again, it's two T's in Scott, one S in Pressler, Scott Pressler. We love you and we're so grateful for all of your hard work for the cause of freedom. Thank you. What a thrill. 
I'm on my way to Wisconsin. Monica, if there's anything I can do in the future, you got my number, girl. Reach out to me. Anytime. Scott, God bless you and God bless all of your work and God bless America. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank you. All right, time to dip into the mailbag. Don't forget to send me an email to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. I read them all. So be nice, but let me know what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right. So first of all, Mike writes about Friday's episode. What a fiery podcast on Friday. Plus Dinesh D'Souza, keep the spice coming. Well, Mike, if you've listened to this podcast today, you know I'm all about fire and spice. Thank you, Mike. Cliff just sends me a, a uh, <laughs> Cliff sends me an email that just says test, test. <laughs> so Cliff, yes, your test email came through. I got it. Hi, let me know what's on your mind. Now back to the music for a moment. On Wednesday's podcast, we are going to debut a new song for the introduction to this podcast and the in and out cues. So on Wednesday, tune in for the new song and let me know what you think. Meanwhile, Joe writes, music is fine. I will preemptively miss the old music, but I will still listen. Well, thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate that. Kim writes, isn't it great that Elon bought Twitter? The woke crowd is going nuts. Ha ha. Yes, they are. But as we mentioned, Kim, on Friday's show, you didn't think that they were just going to allow you to have your free speech back, did you? We got Mrs. Clinton agitating for the European Union to put all kinds of new restrictions on a Musk-owned Twitter. And of course, we've got the new disinformation governance board, the Ministry of Truth. So we got to fight back against all of this. Now, James writes... Monica, thank you for your wisdom. Well, I appreciate that, James. Thank you. He said, so if Biden swore to protect Americans and this great nation, and Mayorkas, the DHS secretary in charge of the border, uh, has also taken an oath to protect the border, why can't we hold them accountable? Why can't the elected Republicans who complain about this aspect of his presidency do something? His actions have broken the system that works. Our oil industry is devastated from Russia negotiating the idiotic Iran deal to Afghanistan to the border. This man has plunged this country into dangerous territory. The mere fact that he left $80 billion worth of military equipment in Afghanistan should be impeachable. Are Republicans in the Senate and House so handcuffed that we can't do anything? Midterms loom, I know, and we have to win signed to Patriot James. Well, James, look, we are in the big minority in terms of numbers and control, but November is coming. Look, we're already into May. So the the midterms are literally right around the corner. The cavalry is in fact coming. Um, And once we have control over the House and likely the Senate, uh, we'll be able to conduct all of these investigations. We'll be able to conduct impeachments. But there is one thing where it's all contingent. And you know what that is, James? That's having a Republican leadership that is willing to do it. And Kevin McCarthy is on the record saying, 
not really interested in impeaching Joe Biden for, quote, political purposes. Impeachment is a political act. It is a constitutional act. It's not really a legal one. It is a political one. So if Kevin McCarthy isn't willing to do that, guess what? Not going to happen. That's why we've got to make sure that we give the true patriots in Congress all the backup that they need to move forward on this stuff come November. So if you've got a primary in your district or in your state, make sure you choose the America First candidate. No more rhinos, no more establishment folks. America First candidates only. All right, that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you so much for kicking off your Monday with me. I will see you right here back on Wednesday with another spectacular show. Have a great day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.